Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Josh Hester, 10 years of career experience, currently a backstep senior firefighter slash acting officer in charge for Company 20 over at DeKalb County Fire and Rescue. If you don't know anything about DeKalb, they see plenty of work and are aggressive towards protecting life and property. Talking to Josh, DeKalb has a huge sense of pride and tradition, which is what fire departments were founded on. And for Josh, his love is going to fires and eventually promoting to driver-operator. With that, I present Mr. Josh Hester. My name is Josh Hester. I've been in the fire service for 10 years now. Uh, pretty much always wanted to be a fireman. Uh, my neighbor, back where I grew up, was a fireman. Uh, started um no not volunteering or anything uh started uh got my foot in the door became an emt on my own um then got hired with a small metro department outside of atlanta in 2014 uh had got some decent experience and then eventually just wanted more out of the job and then in 2019 got hired with the cab Okay. All right. Um, for those that don't know, can you tell us about the cab, the size, amount of personnel, stations, things of that nature? Yeah. So the cab is basically right next door to uh, the city of Atlanta, and we're pretty much neck and neck in call volume around 100,000 calls a year. Normally it's Atlanta, Gwinnett, and the cab that have the highest call volume in the state of Georgia. Uh, DeCab, we have 26 stations, uh, uh, 23 engines, three quints, four tillers. Uh, the rest of our aerials are platform aerials, mid-mounts. Uh, we have one ARF truck that staffs at our airport. Uh, that also has an engine that runs calls around the airport also. Okay. We have one heavy rescue truck that's also housed with a quint. And one hazmat truck that is housed with a quint also. Uh, the way we look at it, our county is divided between the north and south areas. North is pretty much the slower end of our county. The south is where all the fire load is. Our heavy rescue uh, is the manpower for the south end of the county. Heavy rescue is the manpower for the north end of the county. They go to every fire, every extrication. On the north end, heavy rescue goes to every fire, every extrication on the south end. And they're staffed with four people, both okay. of them. Okay. I was going to say, so you got two, one on the north, one on the south. Yep. And our I, trucks, our tillers, platforms, and engines are staffed with three people. Okay. And are do your ladders run medicals or is it primarily the yep. engine? Engines, ladders, and manpower units which are the heavy and hazmat run medicals okay okay so the, okay all right um one thing i did not know i did not know that the cab was that high in call volume with atlanta because atlanta's atlanta's what like 30 something stations uh i think atlanta has not counting the airport because i'm not sure how many stations they have there but i think atlanta's in the 38s okay okay 
That's a, that's a lot of calls for 26 stations. Yeah, we're pretty small. We're supposed to have about, I think, mid-30s. If you look at our area, we're supposed to have in the mid-30s. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm assuming there are future future plans for development for more stations, maybe? It's supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I just pulled it up here. It says Atlanta. If, if, if I'm wrong, it's because Google told me I'm wrong. <laughs> it says Atlanta has 35 stations. So I can see that. Okay. All right. And of course, if anybody that follows social media, anyone's a fire buff, they know DeCab sees its fair share of jobs. Hell, what uh, was it the other day? Um, uh, I think it was the other day or two days ago. I saw the heavy rescue went to two working fires in a day. Um, oh, yeah, that's not uncommon for them. Right. So, okay. So, needless to say, if you want experience, if you want the calls, I'm not saying the cab's the only place, but if anyone's in that Georgia region or Atlanta region, the cab is that's definitely one of the places to go if you want to be a real fireman in the Atlanta area. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, talk us through your decision on on the, on on applying with the cab. Like, was there any other department you wanted to? Did you look at Atlanta? Did you look at Gwinnett? I mean, obviously, being a fireman in Georgia, I did apply for Atlanta, but there were so many political hoops to jump through there. And um, DeKalb was really the only place I really wanted to work at just because of the fire load. And I wanted to be busy. And I knew some people that worked for DeKalb and they said the chances of fighting fire in DeKalb were greater than fighting fire in Atlanta, just because Atlanta has, they, they put so many people on the scene of a fire in Atlanta. And okay. if you're not really first the in. first, the yeah, first in, you're not really going to do a lot. Okay. So okay. the cab was really it for me. Okay. And it, it worked out fine. So. All right. All right. Um, speaking of what does the cab drop on a residential structure box? So on a residential, you get four engines and a truck. Okay. And the heavy rescue. Okay. And it's, is it safe to assume that your stations are close, but not right on top of each other? In my battalion, they're pretty much right on top of each other. Okay. Okay. So it's, so it's usually, so we get there pretty quick. I'm about to say it's usually a race to yeah. uh, who gets there and whatnot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And um, does the, do you guys uh, utilize predetermined assignments or like the, Pretty much what, what, what I'm trying to ask, does the engine, does engine work, truck, does truck work, things like that? Generally, yeah, the engines do engine work. The only thing that's predetermined for us is your second new engine is going to get water. Gotcha. Primarily. Okay. Okay. And your trucks, but, I'm assuming the engines leave room for the trucks to do truck work, of course. Yeah. They're going to okay. do either primary or vertical vent. Okay. And um, your tillers are normally staffed with three, correct? So needless to say, when you pull up, your officer and your tillerman are going to work while your driver does whatever he's assigned. Yeah. So normally our truck drivers, whether they're a tiller or a platform or a quint, are going to do basically, I wouldn't call it an outside vent position, but they would do like utilities and stuff like that. Okay. While your officer and the tillerman. They do all the firefighting stuff primary vent stuff like that okay okay and um 
if I'm the driver and I secure utilities and all that good stuff, can I can I meet up with you guys to uh, assist or or does he have to do something else? Uh, most likely you would end up throwing ladders, uh, getting all your egress points handled. Okay. Okay. All right. I like it. Um, so when you when you applied and you got assigned your 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 station, your assignment, what was how how was the culture taught to you? Because you know every every department gets a pro be a new person, and right. to me that who they assign you with or how involved that crew is can make or break that individual. Mm -hmm. So how were you brought in? So into cab, when you start, I was fortunate enough to be taught by some very old school guys at the tower for 20 weeks. Those guys have since retired. So there's a big transition now from what was down there to what will be down there. But I was fortunate enough to still be taught the old school mentality of no one cares where you came from. No one cares what you were taught, how long you've been on the job. The only thing that matters is what you have to offer today. And then when we did get our station assignments, um, we were told to go visit our crews beforehand, introduce ourselves. And if you didn't, that was a big deal. That already set the set the mark as to what kind of person you were before you even started your shift. Okay. So that's the kind of mentality that was kind of driven into us before we even did one day in the field. Okay. All right. So and then it kind of, it kind of went from there, depending on if you went to meet your crew or not. Okay. So I'd imagine you, all right, let's just say you start tomorrow. So today you got some mm -hmm. time you, you wait, I'm just trying to figure out. Like you, you, you have to go meet because if you have to meet your crew, obviously, how do you do it? Oh, I guess you're not on shift when they're on shift yet. Right. Okay. Okay. So you go visit some, them. Some guys didn't have time and that, that was understandable. But if like, let's say, so we worked. So if you were assigned yesterday's shift, they would obviously work Monday. Okay. So you would obviously know, Hey, you don't start shift until thursday so you would go meet them that monday gotcha. and if you didn't then it was your fault right right you had plenty of time okay okay no i mean i kind of like that that way you instead of like not knowing what you're going to expect right you're doing it the, the day you're showing up for work you go early so they can meet you i'm assuming i'm assuming you pretty much state your name and they show you around or or how, how does yeah, that work? you just come in introduce yourself they show you around show you you know what all the apparatuses are where you're going to be sitting what your officer expects you know how mills work you know where the the bunk room is pretty much where the mop is you know <laughs> where the sink is stuff right. like that all right okay all right um so you get that out of the way your first your first day on the job um did you see any fire that that first day, or or were you were you fairly? No, so busy? my first my first assignment was a busy single engine house on the okay. south end of the county, and I was there probably four shifts before I saw a fire. Okay, but um, it was busy. I mean, we it's still a busy house. I mean, I don't 
that engine probably ran 30 calls a shift Damn. just by itself. And it's the visit, the bit, the biggest territory in the County. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think I was only there for nine months before I got transferred out and we've had eight fires in that nine months. Okay. First in. Okay. So it was um, a lot of experience very quickly. Yeah. I mean, 30 calls a shift is no, like, you know, s some firemen like to say they're busy, but like, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, all right, how many calls do you do? Uh, we do like between seven and nine. Like, oh yeah. Okay. It's busy, but 30. No, we, busy. we average that after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you say you transferred out after nine months. Was that under your own accord? Like, did, did you? No, that was uh, an involuntarily transfer. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. But you ended up being, you ended up being assigned where you wanted to though. Eventually. Yeah. It worked out. Okay. I didn't ask to go. It just worked out that I was the lowest man on the totem pole. So I had I to go. Gotcha. So seniority, seniority plays a big, big role over there. Yeah. But gotcha. it worked out. I'd much rather be where I am now. Okay. So. Okay. No, I get it. I get it. I mean, but still, thirty calls, seven or nine after midnight. Um, yeah. You have, of course, uh, for for those for the listeners that don't know, you have a, a wife and kids. Uh -huh. So at the time you were at that station, how many kids did you have? Just one. Two. Two. So how were you able to function? I mean, I I just got to ask. Uh, uh, it was hard. It was hard. I had a long talk with my wife before I got hired because. Um, I knew a lot about the cab before I got hired. Mm -hmm. I knew the call volume and how tired I was going to be. And I didn't want to be selfish and go just because I wanted to go. You know, I wanted to make sure she was going to be all right with it. And thankfully, um, it worked out to where her grandparents watch, watched our kids before they started school. Okay. So they were understanding. So we didn't have the, the daycare and the, child care stuff to deal with nice lucky so, right lucky. yeah so that's the only <laughs> that that really helped out a lot with the with them being able to watch them while i went home and slept and stuff but i would go home and get me like an hour or two and then go pick them up and just be dad you know at the time i didn't have to do 48s so that that helped out a lot okay but uh yes thankfully they're all understanding but uh when i come home it's whatever they want to do, man, I turn it off and I'm dad. No, I like it. And I really like the, the fact that you hit before you even started, you sat down and you talked to your wife like, Hey, this is where I want to go. This is the type of department they are. And like, yeah. that's good communication. Yeah. Well, when I had, when I was at my lat, my first department, I remember I had my very first fire. Oh, this was probably a year into me being a fireman. And I just fell in love with it. Like I knew I wanted to do more of it and I wanted to go to the cab then, but the pay wasn't enough because we had our first kid on the way and uh, I just couldn't afford it. And um, again, I had that talk. She was like, yeah, you can go, but just know like, it's not going to work out if you go because we can't afford it. Right. So thankfully everything worked out things work the way they work for a reason absolutely so. absolutely okay um what schedule does the cab work so we do 24 48s with 
every ninth shift a Kelly day or okay. a Liberty day, we call it. I just had mine yesterday, so I was off for a whole week. I go back on Monday. It's basically the county pays you to have a day off so they don't so you don't go into overtime. And every night you there they put you into a slot. Um like I'm slot one in my battalion. Okay. So I know whatever day falls in slot one, I have a whole week off that 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 cycle. Nice. Okay. Yeah, it's guaranteed. They don't change it, you know, every day or every month you're gonna have at least a week off. Okay. All right. Um any any rumblings or thoughts about uh, forty-eight ninety-six. No, no, not. I couldn't imagine what it's like doing a forty-eight there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so. asking because I know a lot of, I know like South Carolina, it's 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 gaining a lot of momentum. We do have uh, there's a small department in um, East Georgia, like towards Athens, that just went to forty-eight. Um, I don't know how they how well it's been received. I'm sure that the guys like it. Mm-hmm. I, I know we don't have the staffing for it in the cab. Okay. But yeah, I'm sure a lot of changes will be made in the future, but I don't, I don't know about the cab. Okay. Just right. with no. Our staff. no, fair enough. Fair enough. Friend. Like I said, just, just, just asking. All right. My first question for you is what sure. does the term aggressive mean to you? And I bring that up because I follow various, the cab, <laughs> County Instagram pages on Facebook for sure. And you guys are definitely aggressive, but not reckless. Like yep. it, it shows your fire ground skills shows in, in the videos that you guys release to, to the public to see. So what does aggressive mean to you? Well, I'm going to come at this from a completely different angle than firefighting. To me, aggressive just means just the whole job, just, fighting fire, training, cleaning your rigs. Uh, it's just the whole mindset. Like you can be aggressive on the fire ground, you know, but also that's a, that's a mindset to keeping your station clean, keeping your rigs clean, uh, training. Like you want to be the best at everything you do. You take on an aggressive mindset, you know, you can go to all the fires you want to, but if your house and your rig looks like crap, doesn't really say a lot about your crew and your your company pride. So to me, aggressiveness is just everything you do. Take pride in everything. It's just a pride mindset. So yeah, the same the same pride and aggressiveness you have on the fire ground needs to be the same pride and aggressiveness aggressiveness you have doing everything else that encompasses being a fireman. I like the I like the the way you stated that answer, and I'm sure, and I'm sure the way the way you were brought in, the way that that first crew showed you, like, hey, this is our this is our standard, this is what we yeah. expect you to meet. If not, then I'm sure you wouldn't be welcome there, or it would be tough on you. Yeah, it's still like that. You know, okay. every Friday into Cabas Truck Day, and uh, there people definitely let you know if you did some cut corners i'll say okay okay um do you guys get uh like i know some departments do it like it it could be like every six months or annually like an inspection by a chief do you guys do that or no no No. okay okay now we we are housed at where the section i'm at now we are housed with a battalion chief Mm -hmm. so uh when he does 
kind of get out and start, you know, like he'll make his way through the bay and stuff. He'll notice like, oh man, you guys really uh, did a shitty job <laughs> cleaning the cleaning the tires. <laughs> so that's our inspection. Okay. So. Okay. All right. All right. Um, <clears throat> do you believe should there be a years of service clause for promotion? Um. So at the cab, we do have. No, we have we have positions. So when you the day you graduate, you're a firefighter. That's our that's a rank. You have to be in that rank for two years, and then you are you can promote to a rank that is called a senior firefighter, which basically you get your relief driver for an engine, and that, you also get a five percent raise for that. And there's all kind of classes and stuff you have to also get to get that rank. And then that comes with another two years of rank. And then you get your acting officer in charge class along with another class. And then you get what we call a master firefighter, which is another raise and another rank. And then you can, then you can promote to driver operator, which is a tested position. Okay. And then a year from that, you can promote to captain. So that's five to six years before you can test for captain. So I guess to answer your question, I think, yes, I think you should. Definitely in the cab because there's a ton of experience and responsibility that comes mm -hmm. along with just working down there mm -hmm. that people just thrust upon you. And if you're not ready for it, just it'll eat you up. Okay. No, and I mean, I personally like the the steps that you have to take. Uh -huh. I personally like the fact that you are expected to know your role yep. before you can promote to like, all right, I'm a relief driver. That's cool. You're a relief driver, but you don't pulling a cross light is not your forte. Well, it kind of should be before you even think exactly. about being yep. a relief driver. So yep. I, I I personally like that. I know some people may differ, but I I like the fact that departments are. Uh, well, no, before you can do this, you got to be in this position for at least two years. That way you can master that position. You can try mm -hmm. to get good. And and I understand not every organization or department sees the amount of work the cab sees, but at least you're in that role to get better. Right. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, what question here? I kind of lost my thing. Okay. Uh, which characteristic holds more weight in your opinion? Years of service, education, work ethic, or on-the-job experience? Uh, I'm going to say years of service, work ethic, and on-the-job experience. All three of those are equal to me because we have guys at the cab that have been on the job for a long time, but still can't, as you know, it's still like day one for them. But then we have guys that have been on the job for a long time and have proven themselves. And it's like, Hey, this guy, this guy is the word. And what, you know, what this guy says, you know, you want to listen to his whole, it holds value. So, and we're a department that is still 
you know, you, the only you only need a edu- a college education to promote the chief. You know, we're still one of those departments where experience has a lot to say versus education. So I'm going to say the three of those are equally important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you don't hear that very often uh, uh, with a department that, and, and I'm not, and I've said it before in the past in other episodes, I'm not saying education isn't important. I mean, that would I'm be very, that, that'd be very foolish for me and you to say. Right. Education can only take you so far in this, in this line of work where if experience to me also plays like it, it kind of counterbalances that yeah. scale. Like you right. have to know fire behavior. Like you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, it, all that makes you a better fireman, the stuff that you see, like, okay, I've, you, you, I mean, you, you know what I'm trying to say? It's just, yeah. it's one of those things, you know, it, it's one of those arguments people have. Well, I, I think, you know, someone with education holds, and I, I get it. Education does play because you got to know your building construction. You got to know your fire science behavior. If you're going to be a chief officer, you got to know how to uh, uh, conduct budgets, how, how to talk to city council, town council, things of that mm-hmm. nature. But when it comes to like being an, an officer, an officer that rides the truck, I think experience all day long trumps that education. Exactly. Yeah. Because you can read all the building construction books you want, but you have a guy that's been fighting fires and like buildings that we have, for example, he's going to know how they react versus somebody that has never really fought fire down there where we fight fire because he's been fighting fire in them for 15 or 20 years. You know, he's going to be more valuable to us than somebody who just happens to have a degree and just got promoted just because he has a degree. Right. And I know from experience, we're going to listen to that guy more who's actually done it for real than somebody who just got promoted just because he has a degree. I mean, that's just the way it is. I, I, I totally get it. Like I said, I just I, I like the way just by listening to you talk about the traditions and the way the cab does business. I'm not saying the cab's the end all be all, but man, there's no. there's lots it to me traditions is what keeps a fire department going like mm-hmm. their their ability to hey this is how this is how it's supposed to be um know when to be quiet know when to ask questions things of mm-hmm. that nature this is our standard like you guys definitely have standards that you yeah. uphold you know and you you don't lower those standards for 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 anything no um we definitely are trying to keep some traditions going. Some of them have gone away uh, just because, you know, it's 2024, kind of, you know, but we definitely hold people to high standards, whether we're driving, you know, right in the back, or if you're an officer, you know, if you come in to a crew as an officer, you're still held to a standard, you know, a company that's known for fighting fire, you know, they, they might be a, a solid engine crew. Well, you're going to be expected to be a solid engine captain. You know, you're going to be, you know, expected to know what you want as a hose, you know, for a hose line when we pull up. You know, if you're a truck captain, you know, how do you want to make this hallway? You know, do you want to, how do you want to search? How do you want to vent? What kind of saw do you want? You know, that's everything that we expect because, you know, you're a truck captain. You know, 
you're not just a captain, you're a truck captain. You know, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it's, it. It's just okay. it's a lot. It's no, a lot. no, I, I can imagine. I, I seriously can. But uh, it's just, yeah, uh, like I said, I love hearing that type of mentality, that type of way of thinking, you know. Yeah, and thankfully, like in the cab, we still have senior men, like mostly they're drivers, they still hold everyone accountable. And that's accepted from everybody through the ranks. The captains understand, the firemen understand, the junior men understand. If you mess up, then you got him to answer to. And it'll either be good or bad, but the best thing you can do is say, I'm sorry, it won't happen again. And and I'm taking it, you've you've learned that from experience. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you're humble enough. You're humble enough to say it. I mean, oh, yeah. I, you know, it's it's always it's always funny when I talk to different people in different departments, and they're like, usually the senior man or the driver, you have to go through him or her before you can go to the captain, frankly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he he will decide whether that need he or she will decide whether that needs to go up above him or not. And yep. I like that. Because yep. the captain doesn't always have to get involved in everything. You know what I mean? Like, if, if it could be handled within the crew and the captain never knows about it, that's, to me, that's that's perfect. He doesn't need to know. If it well, gets that's, how, that's how we handle it. If it has to go higher, it's a problem. Okay. The, 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 cap, the way we view it, the captain should not have the captain the station. The captain is there to do paperwork and stuff like that just for documentation purposes. Right, but right. Anything else, it should be the driver's responsibility. It should not have to go higher than him. And that's, it's like an unwritten rule, but but it's a yeah. rule. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Okay, I love it. Love it. Um, for, uh, a personal question for yourself. Where do you see or where do you want to see yourself down the line? Um, so I do want to be a captain but it's not anything I want to rush into. Um, I personally like driving and uh, I want to drive for a while. Um, I like where I'm at now also. Like one day I could come in and ride tailboard and one day I could come in and ride seat. One day I could come in and drive. So I like that versatility. But uh, the next step for me is to promote the driver. And I do want to do that for a long time. But the end goal for me is to be a captain. Okay. All right. Uh, do you care if, if once that goal is obtained, do you want to be a engine driver, ladder driver, or? So at the cab, we rotate. Oh. Uh, I do want to be a tiller operator. Okay. But I don't mind. I like driving uh, the engine. I mean, I don't have a preference. Okay. Okay. But. And when you say rotate, is it because if you're at a two-piece house or is that just like this, a rule where you, you just rotate trucks to get to know the apparatus as a driver operator? Uh, if you're at a double house, normally the guys will rotate between that house just like hmm. one month on the truck, one month on the engine. Ah. It's normally up to the senior man. Whoever has the most time will normally dictate the rotation. Some guys uh, will like at my house on a particular shift, the guy that has the most time doesn't want to do a rotation. Okay. So you have an engine guy 
who all he does every day is just drive the engine until the the ladder guy's off. Then that one day he's off, he'll drive the ladder. But that's perfectly fine with him. I mean, it's just up to the senior man mostly. But if you have two drivers that have about the same amount of time, they'll normally do like a rotation. Okay. So, but if you're at a if you're at a single engine house, you'll just drive an engine. You won't really get sent off to go do anything else. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I, I really like that. I really do. I like the. <laughs> I mean, I just like the whole, the whole thing. I like everything. Pretty much, like to me, it, it sounds like everything stays in house unless it 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 can't and it needs to go high. You know what I mean? Like if it can't yeah. be handled in house. Well, we have a lot of chiefs that. Like we have this um, platform we use for our rosters called Crew Sense, and yeah, it has yeah, like we, our yeah. Data. yeah we use that okay, too. and it, you know you have your writing assignments on there, um, and it's pre filled out like every shift. But our chiefs are normally good about hey, this is your house. This pre filled out, but you set it up for how you want it. I'm not going to interfere. You guys set it up for how you want it. So any everybody from the tailboard on up to the captains get to pick who's on what. So if we got somebody that's getting ready to, you know, ride seat and get all their check checkoffs done for riding seat, they'll ride the engine with the captain so they could get all their checkoffs done for riding seat. So we could make it versatile like that. So it's really up to us in house, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's no micromanaging no, at all. I can't stand that stuff. I I understand. I understand. Okay. All right. I knew there was a reason besides the fires why I liked why I liked the cab, but it just we're hiring. <laughs> oh man. Um. Well, hell, I'm just gonna ask. What's how long is the the recruit process? Uh, I don't know what all the steps are when you put in an application but recruit school for laterals i think is eight weeks oh, okay that's not bad it's too much i went through they didn't have it when i went through i went through 20 weeks of fire training uh-huh if you don't have any, um any experience at all it's about 40 weeks for emt and fire training mm-hmm. so okay okay all right um let's see here realistic training on a small budget uh i don't know what the cab's budget is uh do you guys have a training uh, ground yes okay so we how, actually how... share our training grounds with a smaller city inside of atlanta okay okay so how does the cab besides like besides the the officer going all right guys you know you, you guys report to work hey we're gonna go out and do this do you guys do like monthly quarterly training, you know, are you evaluated at some point? So, no. We used to do battalion Saturdays where every Saturday we would work in the battalion that I'm assigned, a different company would come up with something to train on and they would teach it to all the other companies. Like, since I'm assigned to a truck, we would normally do truck operations, like forcible entry, search, ventilation, whatever. We've since gotten away from that just because COVID and we're so busy. But um, normally, from what I've seen so far in my experience, if you want to go down to the tower after hours, because we're pretty much doing a recruit class mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. uh, that's normally from like 7 to 
So after hours, you call up the battalion and say, hey, we want to go to the tower from this time to this time. Is it cool? Yeah, go ahead. And they'll send a unit, a unit down there and you can train on whatever you want to train on. Okay. Um, and we're fortunate enough, the company I'm at is literally on the same street the tower's on. So we get to go there pretty much whenever we want. Okay. To do truck training for like the cone course, engine training, just search and rescue training, pull line, you know, whatever. Um, we do a lot of stuff in-house though, a lot of uh, pump scenarios. Um, we hook up the, the ladder truck in the parking lot and float it because um, we got a lot of people that are getting ready to start driving or getting their aerial checkoffs done. Um, so we do a lot of things in-house. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, with, uh, with you guys being so close to the Atlanta area with MAFC, how big, uh, to, in your opinion, how big is outside training? Like, of course, you know, you know what you know through the cab and I'm not saying mm -hmm. that's good or bad, but, uh, do, do you believe in outside training, you know, going to MAFC, yeah. going to th things Absolutely. that they, they got we actually used to have program. a lot of guys that we used to have a lot of guys that actually taught at MAFC when it first got started. Um, I believe in it. I think it's a great idea. Uh, and Mass, they actually do some classes at our tower for MAFC. Um, I don't know if they're doing any this year or not, but I think it's great. There's a whole bunch of guys that you can get some tips and tricks from that necessarily don't work at busy departments, but have seen their share of uh, fires, you know, mm -hmm. like just because they don't work at Atlanta, New York or Boston or wherever, you know, doesn't mean they haven't fought fire. Right. So I think it's a great idea. Okay. All right. Um, I forgot to ask this question earlier. Uh, do you guys would you guys normally run mutual aid with like Gwinnett or Atlanta, depending on where the station is? Uh, we backfill in Atlanta. Okay. So when my station used to have a tiller, we would go backfill for Atlanta when they would be on like a multi alarm fire or whatever. We do automatic aid with a small city in um, Atlanta, and then. We do mutual aid with Decatur, which okay. is a city in the cab. Mm -hmm. We do some hazmat stuff with uh, Gwinnett in um, Rockdale County, which is the county next to the cab. We do some stuff with them, but primarily that's really about it. Okay. All right. Uh, you just mentioned you had a tiller at your station. I remember before we talked, before we went on air, you said that there's a possibility of a tiller coming back to your station. Yes. Okay. Possible. Possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure you're crossing fingers. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, or. Okay. Okay. Have you ever, have you ever been able to, uh, uh, operate a tiller or not? No, yet? no, not yet. Gotcha. I'm hoping so. I understand. Okay. All right. Um, now with you guys riding three, uh -huh. on the engines and the ladder how big is physical fitness for you because i understand like being on the ladder truck when you just mentioned your officer and your driver are both going to work and then your driver once he does his responsibilities he is then in charge to making sure that there's a at least one ladder on on each side or each quadrant of the building in question that is a lot for one person so 
how, how big of a role do you think physical fitness applies? Uh, we get a workout pretty much every shift, but not so much. I hate to say this, not so much cardio on duty. Normally it's just weights because we're, we just have a lot going on, mm-hmm. but we get a weight workout in every shift. We do have a lot of guys that off duty go run. And then we have a guy that also does, um, Taekwondo. So he'll like get a, go off duty and roll for like two hours. Um, me, I work another fire department job when I get off. So we try to get cardio in there. Okay. So the cardio is left to like off duty, uh, operations. So, um, but wait, we, we hit weights pretty much every shift about lunchtime normally for about an hour. Okay. Okay. Um, so you mentioned you work at a, you work at another, uh, which a lot of fire, firefighters do. So, but mm-hmm. I'm sure that kind of helps you where you can bring your experience that you, that you learn and see with the cab to your other department and also vice versa, where you can take that experience and those calls that you're on with your part-time back to your career department. Like a lot of firemen do it because it, it's very easy. It's convenient. Um, and they also just want to stay in the mix with the job because, you know, sometimes in your part-time or volley department, you have to John Wayne it, quote unquote, um, with manpower. The part-time department I'm at is solely part-time. They're in a transition to go full-time. And it's the station I'm assigned to there is all the cab guys. So it's kind of like we're just hanging out. <laughs> okay. So, and that's basically being at the station I'm at and, and the cab is an engine and a truck. So, but it's the same way there. I either drive or ride seat or ride tailboard on the truck. Okay. So call volume, I think they ran last year as a whole department. They ran about 10,000 calls. Oh, okay. So it's, I mean, we ran that probably in three months last year at the cab at my station. So, I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, it's it's busy, but a different pace. Yeah, we still like to get out and train and stuff. And, yeah, like you said, it's a different pace. But most of the guys are there because they are that type A personality that like the job. They're not just there to collect a paycheck. So it's it's still a good time. You know, it's not just guys that show up and go right to their bunk and go to sleep. Okay. Okay. And normally uh, uh, it's uh, 10, or 10, 12, or 24 hour shifts. However, it's up to the individual. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, normally it's 24s. You can do 12s, oh. but it, normally it's 24s. Okay, so you leave one to go right to another. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. I mean, I, it's like, hey, I get it. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But okay. All right. Uh, wellness and truly being there for one another when in need. Uh, uh-huh. You know, the term brotherhood gets thrown around a lot. And yep. I'm not saying that there isn't. There is. But then, you know, you also hear the rumblings of, Brotherhood is dead. But from mm-hmm. what I can see, uh, certain stations, not only do they function and, and and they're good as a cohesive group on duty, they also do a lot of stuff off duty. Right. As well. So how how big does that, do you think that plays a role in actually being there and getting to know your guys outside of work? Uh, I think it goes hand in hand. The tighter you are as a crew on duty, the tighter you're going to be off duty. I was like, the more you rely on each other, you know, the, the busier, 
the busier the house, the tighter you're going to get just because the more camaraderie you're going to have. Like, um, I notice a difference in the department I used to be at versus the cab in general. Like the boy, the guys are all closer at the cab than any house I was ever assigned to at my last department. Just a, a lot of it might be, you know, the stuff we see, the amount of fire we go to, I don't know. But um, I thought it was dead also. Then I came to the cab and then it's, it's still alive. Trust me. It's still alive. Whether it's, you know, people getting diagnosed with cancer you know, people get injured in car wrecks. This is all stuff we've experienced in the last year at the cab. And it's never been more alive, in my opinion, than it is right now. So uh, I like your answer because you there are a lot of people out there who are on a department that when they finally take that plunge and go, hey, you know what, this ain't for me. I want to go here. And they finally get to where they want to go. They see like, shit, like this is this is how it's always supposed to be. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know I, I know you don't have the answers, but what do you think makes that? Like, do you think because you guys are so busy where you're 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 getting the jobs, you're getting those calls, you're getting those runs and those sets and reps. Whereas if you're at a slower department, man, you have time to just like sit and bullshit about dumb things that don't matter. Do you yeah. think that, that, that can play a know. role? My, I was so just, I don't know if it was frustration or just unsatisfied at my last, at the last place I was at. Like to the point where I was just, I almost just gave up just all together. I almost just got out of this completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came to, you know, the cab and it's everything I've wanted it to be. And that's what, it, you know, we have a high turnover rate, as you can imagine where I work now. And it's mostly because people have not been somewhere else. And fortunately the station I'm at now most of us have worked somewhere before and then came to the cab. Okay. And we always, you know, tell them you'll be back. You know, like you don't know what's out there. You'll be back. And sure enough, they come right back. And, uh, I don't, I can't, I've, this is as close to being a real fireman as I can ever be. And if, you know, if you live in Georgia or close to it, this is close as you're ever going to get without going up North you know, I can't afford to live up north. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I wasn't satisfied in my career until I actually made that jump to right. an actual busy department. Right. You know, if you want more out of this, out of the job and then just being called a fireman, if you want to be a fireman, you just got to make that jump and just, you know, trust your gut. You know, I did. I don't regret it. It all worked out, you know. Yeah, you're gonna be tired. It's it's everything people say it is good and bad, but you know I don't regret it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all on what you, the individual, wants. And and I like right. hitting that because we there are there are so many firemen out there who feel like, am I at the place 
I really need to be, you know, and yeah. it's one of those things, you know, firemen love to go to fires. If you're into yep. the job, you, you, if you follow social media, man, you'll see this department going to another fire. And, and then this one's a two bagger. And you're just like, mm -hmm. I mean, I know it all involves, it all encompasses around the area and the grass isn't always greener right. wherever you decide to go. But if you truly feel like, I mean, you said you're at the point where you're ready to just be done with it completely. Mm -hmm. And you finally made that move. I like your advice to others out there listening who may be in the same predicament. Like if you're going to do it and maybe do some research, talk to some people, but if you're going to do yeah. it, pull the trigger and, and, and do it. Don't wait. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people I've talked to that wish they had left. It's too late. You know, they done promoted up high enough where they, you know, they really can't start over, you know, and there's just nothing but just, man, I wish I'd have done that or, it's too late for me to do that. You know, don't, don't be that guy. You know, I was almost that guy. I was almost to the point where I could have promoted and then I got stuck and then that really wouldn't have been good. Okay. But, okay. I like the advice. I, I, I truly do. Cause I mean, like I said, there are so many people out there who are battling this fight who feel like, yeah, they have the title of fireman, but in their heart, they're not really truly, doing the job i know it's that might sound crazy but like i, I get it when people mm -hmm. say that like they're just they're just there going through the motions yeah i mean we've had people that were lieutenant somewhere and come they've given all that up and they've gone through 20 weeks of recruit school to get another orange shield but they've wanted more you know and now he's right on the back of the heavy going to two or three fires a shift right you know? well, that's mm. <laughs> Uh, before we part, is there anything else you want to hit on? Anything else you want to say to anybody out there? Uh, no, man. I think we got it all covered. Okay. Just um, well, first I will say I, I I truly appreciate you coming on, taking the time to do this. Yes, uh, sir. Thanks for having uh, me. I always wanted to talk to a, a, a the cab uh, individual because it's like, man, the amount of work and just how they pride themselves on, you know, it's it's. It's about the job. And then besides going to jobs, you could just tell the camaraderie that they have within the crews, within the stations. Like that's what the fire service is all about. And another great factor is the fact that you guys aren't micromanaged. Your chiefs let y'all do no. like, of course, safely and aggressively, but they let the men and women within the stations do the work. Yeah. Like, that's from 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 talking to you. That's that's the best part yep. about it. You know, things are handled in house until it can't. But that's like last resort that it goes outside. Yep, everything is one hundred percent fire department and a cab. So if anybody's looking for that, that's where you need to go. All right, all right. Like I said, Josh, I truly appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. If any of the listeners out there are or know of. A great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.